Lauren, that sure was a good time having Catherine Bergen in the show. Oh, it sure was. She was magnificent. Wasn't she? She's got a great story to tell about how she became who she is today and the successful businesswoman that she is and her niche as the queen of gluten-free gourmet. Oh, I love gluten-free stuff. <laughs> are, you, are you on a gluten-free diet right now? Well, not as much. Not really a diet, but you, you do enjoy the gluten-free items. I do. That's good. That's good. Well, Catherine's, as I said, got a great story and a great conversationalist. I know folks, are, you're going to enjoy listening into this episode. Before we get to it, I'd like to invite you to come come visit me at my family's winery, Judd's Hill, on the south end of the beautiful Silverado Trail here in Napa Valley. Visiting information can be found at www.juddshill.com. That's right, Lauren Mole. And while you're online, have a look around. We've got fun recipes to pair with our wines. We've got funny videos. And yes, there's wine. Surprised. I'm totally surprised. Can you believe a winery's website has wine to buy? Well, there you go. Now, what what should we do? We should offer a little special perk to our listeners, don't you think? Why, well, sure, Judd. If you type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters. And that no- stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. Yes, please do not do it in capitals. And you will get 15% off your entire wine order. That's a good deal. If you want a better deal than that, there's a way to do it. You can join our wine club. All that information is online as well. And... In my humble opinion, it's the best wine club you can possibly hope to join. You get... Oh, did you have something to say about that? One of the best, if not the best. Thank you, Lauren Moll. We guarantee a good time with our fine wines, invitations to great events, special perks. We go the extra mile to make sure that you have fun when you're a member of our wine club. Now I think we ought to get to the show. Absolutely. Let's get right to it. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. For another heap of fascinating things to know From witty and intriguing people On Judd's Napa Valley Show No stale script and no rehearsing Live from a Napa studio You may be that intriguing person On Judd's Napa Valley Show Pardon me I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. January and Judd are here. A fine new start to a whole new year. His wine has been declared by the SF Chronicle a winner. And you can serve any type of his wine with your dinner. And here he is, back from the southern part of the great state of California, Judd Fingelstein! Mr. Lorne Mole, thank you so much, sir. Welcome back, Judd. Thank you very much. We have been out for a little while. We've had a, yeah, a bit of a long break. Everything going well for you? Oh, everything's going well for me. What's the latest in the world of Lauren? Well, I'm happy to announce that uh, coming uh, Monday, the 7th of March, uh, I'll be singing the Star Spangled Banner with my friends from Everybody is a Star at the Warriors game. Really? It's true. That's This is incredible. You, how often? I don't know. It any, only comes once a year. Really? Well, it seems like you are singing at some stadium or... Uh, ballpark all the time or traveling to do some event how do you get so many gigs like this well unless if it's uh brought up by howard sapper our executive director okay so this is all 
uh, through the Everybody's a Star organization, which you might as well give them the information once again about Everybody's a Star. Sure. Uh, Everybody is a Star is a uh, Sonoma-based nonprofit organization that helps special needs individuals like myself uh, showcase our special talents and professional broadcast quality music videos. Wonderful. And the, and the website? www.everybodystar.org. And that goes 24-7, 365. Exactly. Right on. <laughs> well, it's good to have you back. I will look forward to hearing how that goes. Maybe I can even get down to the game myself. Maybe. That will be fun. First time since uh, we've won the NBA Finals. That's right. That's right. Very exciting. Thanks. So, uh, so what's been going on with you, Judd? How was Southern California? It was nice. Nice. Yeah, took a took a little time down there over the holidays. Did um, you know? Visited family. Did a little. Did a little theme park enjoying. Happiest place on earth. Which right on. Really was quite happy. It was fun. Okay. Um, but back now, and we have our Valentine's Day party coming up at Judd's Hill. Wanted oh, that's to talk right. About that. That's going to be great. This is our annual Valentine's extravaganza, and it's happening actually on Valentine's Day, Sunday, February 14th, at Judd's Hill, our family winery at the south end of the Silverado Trail here in the beautiful Napa Valley. There's going to be nibbles. At, that means little bites to eat, you ah. know. Yeah. I, I mean, Valentine's people might get the wrong idea. You know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> there will be massages, not by me, but by professional massage therapists. There'll be wine, of course, entertainment. And this is going to be free for any of our wine club members. Otherwise, it's $50. But you should become a wine club member if you're not, folks. It's the I'm, I'm confident in saying it's the best in the Valley. If you'd like to come to this, you can get information at judshill.com. Click on events. Or you can call the winery at 707 255 Two three three two. Push number three, extension number three, to reach our wine club director Cindy Friedman. That's what's going on with me. You know, last time we spoke, Lauren. Yes. The last time we were here together in the studio was our one hundredth episode. That's right. It was a bonanza. It was a success. It was so fun. I have never had so many people in the studio. So many tributes. So much fun. So much. Uh, holiday spirit and spirits as it were since there was something being poured around as well that was the hundredth episode one of our guests who called in was the incomparable and internationally renowned musician and comedian king kukulele he had such a good time and and i got such great feedback we got to talking and he said he'd like to do something for our 101st episode all righty which is happening right now that's right. As you know. So he had something uh, prepared that had to do with 101. I believe he has somebody with him who is 101 years old, I believe. We had a little trouble with the phone lines earlier, but let me let me see. I'm not so good with the tech stuff. Let me see if I can uh, get this going. Go King, ahead, Judd. Okay. Take your time. King, King Kukulele. King, are you there? Uh, yep. Yep, I'm here. Are you, uh, are you there, Judd? Because I'm here. Um, I hope everybody's having a great morning. Got your, got your coffee? Got your turmeric tea, got your glass of wine, little cayenne pepper, or whatever you do in the morning. And I have a, a, great, uh, a great song to commemorate the 101st episode of the radio show, and it goes like this. Uh, this is a, it's actually a little bit of a, a look, perfect timing, because, you know, everybody knows how busy the uh, December is for Santa Claus and... Uh, this is perfect, uh, you know, maybe music for Santa's uh, sort of like after the big season kind of crunch time, uh, you know, sort of chill month, which January is. And uh, this is a song uh, featuring Bill Tapia, the 
world-famous ukulele player. And so I'd like to introduce it like this. Here comes Bill Tapia on uke. I hope that you like it, because I like it too. Hey, enjoy this song. So long, everybody. Hey, Tappy. Yeah, ukulele. Tappy, you know Santa Claus? You mean Saint Nick? Yeah, the man in the red suit. Chris Kringle? The bearded one. You mean old Santa? Well, you know, you have a white beard and white hair, and I've seen you wearing a red jacket before, and, well, you sure are jolly, Tappy. I know a lot of children that think you might be Santa Claus. The roly-poly, jolly old fella? I'm not Santa. No, no, no. I'm just tapping, that's right. I say hi to Ivy Ho. But at Christmas time, don't you worry, no. Cause Santa can be far away. You know what that old bugger do? He gave me not a pair, but one right shoe. In 1938, can you believe that in great, I got onions, two bushels, and a crate. In 1944, old Mr. Toys Galore brings me an old tire from the seashore. In 1956, Santa reached in his bag of tricks. Give me the left shoe from 1922 filled with old toothpicks. Santa, he says, ho, 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 ho. And Tappy, that's me, I say, hidey, hidey, oh. But at Christmas, don't you worry, no. Cause Santa can't be far away. In 1969, Kringle topped himself that time. I got a box of wet seaweed covered in slime. In 1973, guess what mean old Claus gave to me? Half a Christmas card that said, Seas Greed. Cause Santa, he says, ho, 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 and Tappy, that's me. I say hidey, hidey ho. Take a close look, we're different, you know. I'm not Santa, no, no, no. The fat man had himself some fun. I got nylon stockings that had a run. In 1995, Saint Nick, he was full of jive. I got stung five times from that beehive. Now at last, it's 2008. Please, Santa Claus, for goodness sake, bring me something that's really great. 
I've had a 101 year wait a long time. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much. 101-year-old ukulele player Bill Tapia, along with King Kukulele, in tribute to our episode number 101. Appreciate that, King Kukulele. Look forward to having him back in the future. Lauren. Yes, Judd. We have got a show right here, right now. We do. We have a lovely guest who's been waiting so patiently. Would you like to introduce this guest? It would be such an honor, Judd. In business, she's smart as Sir Newton. And gained a following as rapt as Rasputin. This woman, Catherine Bergen, has eateries that are surgeon without an iota of gluten. Ah, well, there you go. Wow, I'm impressed. <laughs> eateries that are surgeon. I like that. That's great. That's cool. Catherine thank Bergen, you. welcome to the studio. Hey, Jed, welcome thank you. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Good morning, and good morning, Lauren. I, that was morning, wonderful. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. He's a professional. Top notch. Let's find out about you. A lot of folks know you from taking over the Oxbow market with your empire. <laughs> of, Hardly. Of, of Cicasa <laughs> and Kate and Company and the new project that we're going to talk about in a moment. So have become one of these icons of the Napa Valley food scene. And not just now. It goes back a little bit. So let's, let's back up. Let's find out a little bit about you. Have you always been in the food biz? Where did you, where did you grow up? Did you, are you from here? I grew up in San about? Diego. Okay, so you're a Californian. California girl. A little girl. further south. Yes. Actually, born in Alameda. Mm-hmm. Lived oh. there for a year. Then uh, moved to San Diego, and I spent the first 37 years of my life there mm-hmm. on the beach. Oh, and nice. In a very cool little environment, shall we say. <laughs> but I've always felt the yearning to come back to Northern California. When I would visit, I'd say, I want to move here someday. Mm. I was actually born hungry. That's how I <laughs> how I describe, I've just always loved food. And my memories of food go back to when I was just a, a kid. Um, I would go to Alameda to see my grandparents for the summer. And my grandfather was a Dane and loved to eat. And so I was introduced at a very young age to bratwurst and rye bread mm. and salt in the beer and you know, grain, whole grain mustards and uh, Swedish pancakes. So I've just always loved food. So your family has been into food. Yeah. I mean, I think my grandfather was really my... He's the one that introduced you to these culinary delights of your yeah. heritage. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. What, what would you help him? Like, how did you get your hands in? Oh, yeah, we would cook together. Yeah. And uh, on Sunday mornings, my grandmother and I would go to church. And then when we got back, he would help me make the batter for Swedish pancakes. Mm. And so they're like a real thin crepe. And then he would stuff them with fresh preserves, strawberry preserves or blueberry that my grandmother would make. We'd roll them and then finish them off with powdered sugar. Mm. And one summer, I was about seven years old, and I got off the plane. It was PSA at that time. Oh, sure. Yeah. The Smiling Jet. The Smiling Jet. And I got off the plane and at Lindbergh Field, and my parents were there to pick me up. And my mother looked at me and started crying. And I'm like, what? (laughs) I had gained probably... 10 pounds uh, <laughs> in three weeks. I just ate my way through the summer with my grandfather. How fun. It was cool. You must have loved it, and he must have loved to have a little protege to pass along all of this, Oh, we, we were really tight. And my grandmother would always say, I'm not a good cook, but I'm a great baker. And I could never really understand that. But I get it. She Cooking for her was like something she had to do, but the baking part was her her joy. That was something she enjoyed. That was her love. Yeah. And what, what were some of her specialties? She would make the most killer apple pie. Mm-hmm. Most days, she would have fresh applesauce. 
that was warm with a tint of lemon. And it was just something that I can remember. And we would have a Lipton hot tea and applesauce with cottage cheese. That was our 10 o'clock morning break. (laughs) What great memories. Yeah, really cool. Really cool. This really informed the rest of your life, it sounds like. Totally. Yeah. So as you began to grow up, as it were, did you know right away that you were going to be on the food path? What? I had no idea. I had no idea. In fact, I have done quite a few things in my past life, starting from working in a drugstore as a cashier. Then I became a a graveyard waitress at Denny's by the racetrack. I have done so many different things. I sold closet, um, I don't know, whatever you call them. I can't even remember. But you would go in and you would build out someone's closet for them. I rented apartments. I got my real estate license. I sold life insurance, health insurance, became a licensed stockbroker, groomed dogs, cut hair. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the, the path here. Was what, what? It was, I was trying to find my, my thing, you yeah. know, my dad really wanted me to be this, you know, business person. So I went down that path and I got every license you could imagine. I mean, I, at 23 years old, I was licensed to sell stocks and bonds in every state in the country. Mm. But so you were it, a stockbroker, too. Yeah, I was a stockbroker. Okay. I was licensed. Let me let me say that. Okay. okay. Right. I was really good at uh, getting licenses, but nothing really made my heart sing. But what I would do on my off time was I always cooked for my family and friends. Mm. I was always saying, come on over for dinner. And I'd, you know, oh, where'd you get this idea? I don't know. I just made it up. And I just, that was my joy. That was my passion. But I never, until I was in my 30s, ever thought of putting them together to make a living and to do what made my heart sing. And what was that moment? There must have been a moment. Well, there well, was a moment. Okay, hold that moment. Because I'm hold just curious. Uh, something occurred to me. Had you gone to school? Did you have a path of study? Was there something, you, you know, during those days that you thought you'd be on the path to? You don't know. I, as a, as a growing up in high school, I, I was... You know, I was gifted. I was lucky because school came easy for me, mm-hmm. but it, I wasn't into anything. Oh, you know, okay. I so. just, I was kind of like, oh, okay, life. And so um, when I got out of high school, I said, oh, what am I going to do? And my friends went to cosmetology school. So I said, oh, that sounds fun. I'll go do that. So you were I'll, a cosmetologist as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and two summers before that, I groomed dogs. I went, no, that's not for me. But then, <laughs> you know, so I was always searching trying to find but where i found my joy was cooking for my family and friends okay so that's it so you start doing that and then there is the moment let's get to that so i was working uh i was think i was like 36 and i was working in photo printing company and my job was to manage the photographers all over the country and they would send in their photos and we'd whip up these brochures and primarily for residential real estate high-end sales so I d- was like, oh, this is a job. Oh, well. And so somebody told me about this lecture that was going to be in L.A., and the woman's name was Marianne Williamson. And she had just come out with that book, Return to Love. Hmm. And so I said, you know, I tried to get some friends to go with me. No one wanted to go. And so I said, well, I'm going to go. I'm interested in this. So I had read the book. And so I was driving up, and I was in San Diego, and the uh, lecture was in L.A., and it was pouring rain. Now, it doesn't really pour rain a lot. And I kept saying the whole way up there, I should turn around and go home. So I it should... was really in sheets. Yeah, it yeah. was coming down. I had a little, um, I don't remember, 89 Honda Accord red. And I said, I should really go home. I should really go home. But I went to L.A. I was in the center of Center City, L.A. And I found a parking place. And I went into this 
big, huge lecture hall, and I found a seat right in the middle and sat down. And this woman came out, and she was dynamic. And the whole room just, you could feel the energy. And she was talking, and she said these words about halfway through. She said, do what you love, and the money will come. And I, my whole body, right now, I just have goosebumps. I mean, it's a true, it really happened to me. I was just like overwhelmed with excitement and, oh my God, what has taken me so long to figure it out? I love food. I'm going to be in the food business. And I drove home that night, went in the next morning and quit my job. Just like that. I said, I'm giving you two weeks notice. I threw my own going away party. I cooked for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, two weeks later, I was on an airplane up to uh, San Francisco. I was driving across the Golden Gate Bridge going, I don't know anybody, but I'm going to Napa Valley because food and wine go together and I'm going to be in the food business. Just like that. You just had this idea that Napa Valley is a place. And I really thought when I got here that I would open up a taco stand because I've had this idea of a kind of a gourmet taco stand in my brain for 40 years. But somehow I was directed, and I opened up Tula Kane Company and became a food manufacturer for 15 years. Right, right. You're, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. You're a made in Napa Valley, Tula Kane, um, not wine, uh, the food Oh, well, company. Bill Cadman would love that. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we won't, I, I'm still amazed. That, I mean, you drove up from San Diego, pouring rain, sat down in the middle of Los Angeles. Yep. Heard eight words, changed your life, drove back. It Totally did. And I just said, you know what? I have, and it was weird because I was doing things on the side. Like I was making this sauce. It was called Old Ranch Sauce. And it was the consistency of Thousand Island, but the flavors of salsa. And literally, I would pack these jars. I had a, there was a bakery in town where I lived. And so I negotiated with the guy because he didn't, wasn't open at night. I said, can I make my sauce in your bakery at night? So I was in a commercial kitchen and then I would take my jars and I wouldn't sell it, but I would go out on the corner in this little town called Rancho Santa Fe, which was about six miles from where I lived, but my folks lived there. And I would give my sauce away and ask people for feedback. And they're like, oh. bottle it, sell it. We love it. So I just, it it just kind of evolved. I can't really take any credit. It just, I just got direction and I followed it and. Well, I think you should take credit for following some <laughs> direction. <laughs> I think that deserves okay. something. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you come up to Napa Valley. You don't really know anybody. You just have nope. this sense this is the place to be if you want to do food and wine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good bet. But you know, a lot of folks come out here, and it's a tough business to crack. Well, I was very fortunate. I did land a job. It wasn't in the food business. Mm. I was um, selling etched and hand-painted wine bottles for oh. Bergen and Thomas here in town. And Mike Bergen, we have the same last name, but his is spelled differently than mine. He's I-N and I'm E-N. We've we've fought for 20 years on really what is the correct spelling. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) I sold etched and hand-painted wine bottles, or I attempted to, and it was back in 1993 when Mothers Against Drunk Driving was really heavy. And we were trying to sell these etched and hand-painted wine bottles to corporations. Well, no corporation wanted to give a gift of wine at that time. So I failed miserably. So I said, hey, guys, I think what you're doing is great, but it's not for me. But I do have an idea. And I'd like to do etched olive oil and vinegar decanters. So I had this idea. And I said, you know what? You will be partners, one-third, one-third, one-third. And I'm going to start this food company. And we're going to name it Tula Kay. And off I went. 
<laughs> and we did it. <laughs> Is, and did you make that salsa? No. No, you didn't go back to that. <laughs> Not yet. Not back to your roots. Okay. So what was the what was the idea behind two loke? Uh, well, we did uh, etched and ha- we did etched olive oil and vinegar decanters, and mm-hmm. I went to all the wineries. And um, to this day, I'll never forget Joe Abbott from Vichon Winery. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I went in. I had a little sample of an etched bottle with a pour spout tied to it, and I asked her if she wanted to buy a case. And I told her we could do a custom design. And I came up with this phrase that I said, "Well, if you know, when your customers buy this bottle with Vichon on it of olive oil with the pour spout, reusable decanter, and they buy a bottle of your wine, when they go back to where they live, long after the wine is gone, this decanter with your logo will be sitting on their kitchen counter." And she said, "I'll take a case." <laughs> and I went down the Oakville grade. You would have thought I sold a truckload. That, uh, that feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Somebody said yes, <laughs> and that's how it started. And I I sold those bottles, all the wineries, and I, it was really a wonderful way to get to know the valley and to meet people mm-hmm. because I had something that really benefited the winery and helped their marketing and their brand retention in the eyes of the consumer. So I got to meet a lot of people very quickly in the Valley. And I must say, I have so much gratitude to this, to Napa Valley. They have accepted me and supported me. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Well, Napa Valley is awfully fond of you as well. We're going to find out more about you, Catherine Bergen, and we're going to get into a little bit about what's happening now over at Oxbow, which is really exciting as well. Cool. Thanks very much. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. At 1440 on your AM dial in Napa and streaming live at Mount Rushmore at KVON.com. Back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Mount Rushmore. Hey, I've always wanted to go there, Judd. Yeah, I would like to go too. I've never been on that road trip. But, but you're right. If they have an internet connection at Mount Rushmore, anybody can plug in, go to the <laughs> iTunes store, and find back episodes, podcasted episodes. Just type in Judd's Napa Valley Show, or they can stream it live at kvon.com. And speaking of podcasted episodes, our 100th episode that we were speaking about at the top of the show is there. And it's fun. It's kooky. I was listening to that again and laughing and thinking, how did we get away with a lot of the stuff we did? It was kind of nuts. It was. Indeed. Shall we get on with this show we have today? Proceed, Judd. Why, thank you, sir. (laughs) We have Catherine Bergen. A lot of folks know her from her restaurant, Sea Casa, and Kate and Company over at Oxbow. We've been finding out a little bit about her, but she she has a, a bag of mystery on the table here. Catherine, what is this? Well, okay. So I got to give you a little background on this because when you sent me an email and invited me on be on, me to be on your show, yeah. you said that, you know, do you have something interesting? And I thought, well, let me think. <laughs> What yes. could I have, you know, that, I mean, because I know you and I'm like, okay, he wants interesting. He doesn't mean just your normal interesting. He wants something really cool. I take that as a compliment. It Thank is you. a compliment. So 
and you're not your average Joe, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've been I've been called worse <laughs> or better. Yeah. I, I like being a little off. Yeah, right. I think we all do. So anyway, um, we were talking about the Made in Napa Valley line, and I had a logo. I had a pooch actually. Her name was Jane, and it was Jane with an exclamation point, and she was the brand on the Made in Napa Valley line. It's a little Jack Russell Terrier, right? Jack Russell Terrier. This was a famous dog around the oh, valley. Oh, I people would not. People knew Jane. People knew Jane, yeah. and I I would never be photographed without Jane because I thought it was more about Jane than about me. I had a funny story real quick. One time I was in uh, the Houston Houston Hobby Airport, and it was like 11 o'clock at night. I was waiting for my bag on the carousel, and this woman comes running over to me, and she's like, Hey, you're the gal from Napa with the dog. Really? <laughs> I was like, in oh. Houston? In Houston, 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, give me my bag. I got to go to this meeting in the morning. <laughs> But Jane was extremely popular, and she passed away about four years ago. Mm. Just really killed me. But it was so cool. I mean, I must have gotten 20 flower arrangements of condolences for me, a stack of cards that I still have. But one of the things that I did with Jane, and she was such a great sport, is I dressed Jane up. And so she would wear everything from a velvet leopard little skirt at the holidays to oh, just everything that you could imagine. Some people thought it was a little strange, but I enjoyed it so much. So knowing you and your ukulele business, I brought oh you. Oh, my goodness. Look at <laughs> that. Aloha. Aloha. Indeed. We have a little grass skirt and a little flower lay for... Jane. A, a dog. A dog. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you've never been given one of these. No, no, they, I never they, have. E- even they never offer it, they never offer those at Petco. I'm where telling, the pets go. I'm like, what could I what do I have that would get give Judd a kick? And yeah. I, <laughs> that is a kick. All right, so here Lu- And she would go topless with that skirt on, by the way. I well, just want well, you to know. You didn't have a little coconuts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, luau season is just around the corner. And I know. If you don't mind, I'm going to uh, open this up. If we have any, see, I don't have a dog. Oh, I love this, but I don't have a dog. But I would love to see this being used by a dog lover who has a little pooch, and it have to be a little pooch. Remember, yeah. Jack Russell Terrier. This like is a not, little thirteen pounder. Yeah, this is not going on a Great Dane. No, <laughs> no, uh, this skirt will not fit. But if you are a a, a an owner of a little dog with plans to do some luau shenanigans <laughs> this season. Be the first one right now to tweet. You got to use Twitter. Use the hashtag JNVS, stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, and then put at Judd's Hill, one word, J U D D S H I L L, hashtag JNVS. And maybe type in uh, getting my hands on Judd's goodies because that's what we do. People bring me goodies and I like to let you get your hands on them. So the first tweet that comes in, you can have this. I'll bring it over to our winery, Judd's Hill. It'll be at the tasting room. You can pick it up in the next few days. If you don't swing by, then uh, I'll, f- I'll find somebody nearby with a, with a dog. This is really fun. Thank you, Catherine. Sure. And just one further note, Judd. Just make sure he's spayed and neutered. That's right. <laughs> as, Bob, as Bob Barker would say. Thank you. Let's get back to you okay. and your, your ever-expanding empire there at the Oxbow Public Market here in Napa. Started off with Sicasa. So this, I'm guessing, this is the fruition, the culmination, the, the realization of your dream that you spoke about earlier. You said close to 40 years you were talking about yeah. uh, or thinking about 
a taco, a high-end taco shop. As a kid, you know, in my teens, I would go to Mexico and we'd go down to Puerto Vallarta or even closer, you know, in Baja. And there was a surf place called K-19 and, you know, all the guys would surf and the girls would hang out. And I saw this Mexican couple coming in on a skiff and they had Mm. this fish and they set up a little with bricks and a grill and they made a fire and they filleted the fish right there. And the woman went over and started, you know, with her masa and put the masa made tortillas right there. She had some salsa and I was just like, oh, my God, that is a that is fresh fish Mm. tacos so of course i with my broken spanish i went over there and had a conversation you know smiling will get you a lot you know oh like gusto mucho you know and i was telling her how much (laughs) i loved what she was doing and she handed me this taco and i said oh my god i've never tasted anything like this Mm. i want to do this someday you know and um another one of those moments Yeah. And then I had another moment like that. Oh, gosh, about 10 years later, I was in Austin. I was on 6th Street and we were water skiing at Lake Travis. And so we wanted to get something to eat before we went to the uh, to the lake. And I walked in this guy's taco shop and all he served were breakfast tacos Mm. uh, from six in the morning until noon. And he had scrambled eggs with potatoes and salsa and chorizo. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is fantastic food. And so I just kind of stored this all away and I would cook a lot you know for people trying different recipes and this and that but I loved Latin food and I always in my mind and I really thought when I moved to Napa that that's what I would do but it didn't happen until much later but then I you know I I'd done a lot of business with Steve Carlin and I knew that you know he was uh, opening up this Oxbow public market and I lived not far from him or from the market so I would be a customer there I said, Steve, I got this idea. I want to do this taco stand and da-da-da-da-da. And I want that metal building adjacent to uh, Fatted Calf. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Out on the side street. Yeah, it's a white building with a big roll-up door. I said, oh, my God, we can make that into Rock and Taco Tequila Bar. So cool. (laughs) Roll up the door. And he said, that's great, Catherine. You know, but it's cost you 800 grand just to retrofit the building. And I I knew enough to know that that would be a boatload of tacos. That's a lot (laughs) of tacos to sell. A lot of tacos. So he said, you know, I'd watched him, you know, I had done business with him for years when he was at Oakville grocery. And then he did the ferry building and then he was going to do this market and the market I tried, you know, I supported him and I'd go in there and it was like deader than a doornail. And I'm like, uh, he goes, why don't you come in inside the market and test your concept? I go, Steve, it's dead in there. I don't want to go in there. He said, well, you know, this guy wants to go out, and why don't you think about coming in? And so, I, and he goes, you can test your concept. And I said, oh, and he goes, come on down and talk to me. So I went down, and I was walking up the ramp, and I looked straight ahead where the farm stands were, and I saw what reminded me in Mexico, you know, people would roll up their garage door, and you'd go in, and they'd make you carne asada tacos or whatever right in their garage. And I saw those roll-up doors, and I thought, hey... I could turn this into like a taco lounge and do, you know, and try this little space inside. It was 415 square feet. And so I thought, what the heck, you know, I'll try it. So we created it and I had a lot of help, like from Richard Van Saul, who, you know, designed the whole back outside. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, into this cool little taco lounge. And we, you know, we renovated the space and we opened up in 2010 Every people that knew me went, you're crazy. Well, you might have been crazy, but there's been a line ever since the past <laughs> five coming up on six years. There's been a line to get those tacos. 
And I'm so grateful for that, let me tell you. Yeah. It's a great product. And when you started up, I mean, you really came in with a bang. It was a new concept. You kind of elevated the taco shop to this taco lounge. It looked fancy. The ingredients you were using were, and I'm just going to use the term fancy, as you said, you know, a a fingerling potato and... Mm Crema with yeah, roasted exactly. poblanos. <laughs> right. It yeah. sounds sounds pretty fancy. And the chefs that you had on board mm-hmm. were very well known in the valley sure to were. many people who who love dining out. You know, the, the Asinto brothers, brothers yes. uh, who had worked for Cindy Paulson. So, mm-hmm. I mean, man, everybody wanted to come in and see what was going on. Yeah, it was fun. We, you know, when working with the guys, my thing was, okay, they, you know, they would go, well, this is very traditional or authentic. And I go, let's get innovative. (laughs) You know, let's, let's mix it up. Let's take the authenticity. That's not easy for me to say. And let's put an innovative spin on it. So I want people to say, I can't get this food anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so together we collaborated and we opened up with, I don't know, 15 different tacos, a few salads. And then um, Rolly Roti was in the space before me and he wanted to get out. And so he said, do you want to buy one of my rotisseries? And it was just a fluky thing. I didn't know anything about rotisserie. And he said, I'll teach you. So we said, well, what the heck? We'll throw on the chickens and the ducks, and we'll use those in our tacos. And if anybody wants to take a chicken, whole chicken home, they can. And It's a great concept. Thanks. I've, I've been over at folks' homes. for They've invited us for dinner. And what they've done is they've gone to your place, gotten a chicken, and Sweet. served it. It's delicious. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so Sikasa is really, it's, uh, it's a love of mine. I'm really passionate about it. I keep wanting to elevate the menu and you know it was interesting when we opened up about three months into it people were coming up to me going you know you have a gluten-free restaurant and I was like that didn't sound good to me gluten what what the Uh, heck you you anticipated my next question was that (laughs) was that the goal because that has become your thing absolutely not it wasn't on your radar I didn't even know what gluten was I would ask people is that good (laughs) I was going to commend you for (laughs) spotting the trend being ahead of the curve not even and that's cool part about it yeah you know it was i picked the ingredients that i love fresh fish you know all sustainable delicious nutritious food that i would i want to put in my body and i had a hard time finding in a quick serve environment so that really that was my motive when i opened sicasa was to offer the highest quality food same vendors as all the big name restaurants up and down the valley but in a quick serve environment. Right, and, right. you know, at a price point, you know, because we don't have table service, we don't have white linen tablecloths. So, you know, it's a, t- it's a different gig. And people say to me, oh, my God. I mean, it was an education process for sure. Like, we opened up and we were charging six bucks for a buffalo taco. Yeah, there was, I mean, I recall it. People, there was some grumbling. How can she charge that much for a taco? And But as you said, the ingredients are phenomenal. The experience is great. The food's delicious. And it's not one of these mini street tacos. Right. I mean, you have the fresh made, I mean, every tortilla there, you know, handmade, being handmade for you. Um, and then it's just loaded. I mean, one of those things is a meal. Thank you for saying that. But, uh, I'll defend and you. I, I love going in there and eating. And thank you. Well, I'm really hungry. I'll eat too, but then I'm stuffed. Yeah. Um, the, it, it took me a while, but I do, uh, the white corn t- uh, tortillas. Now it's corn that's grown in America and it is non GMO right. and it's organic and, Took a while to find it. So I had to do a lot of educating and I had to put my money where my mouth was. And I, if people would go, I, ha- I remember this one guy, he's hysterical, he's been a regular customer ever since, but he came in and he said, if you think I'm going to pay six fifty for a lamb taco, you must be out of your mind. I said, I'll tell you what, you buy that taco. And if you don't agree that it's the best taco, you, lamb taco you've ever had, I will give you your money back. 
So we make the taco, we give it to him, we watch him, and he's kind of grumbling. So I go over there, I go, so how'd we do? And he goes, you don't owe me any money. Yeah. <laughs> he was mad at you for pleasing him. And, he, yeah. and he, he's, he comes back because, you know, we have fresh mint on it and microgreens and, yeah, it's with an avocado uh, serrano crema. So, you know, we, we're constantly elevating or trying to elevate the food, and we never take it for granted, and we can always make it better. So that's really what we're doing. That's great. Let's talk about the gluten-free thing. Do you yourself, do you keep a gluten-free diet? Um, about 80%. 80%. 80%, I'd say. I feel better. And I think along with that, you know, I, I just think that, you know, a lot of carbs probably is doesn't, you know, it will put weight on me, so I try to keep keep my weight down but you know who doesn't <laughs> well honestly i'm i'm surprised because i i just would assume and i should never assume because of the big deal that's made that sicasa is a gluten-free restaurant and now kate and company your your bakery cafe is totally gluten-free i just figured oh that's her thing she's just a gluten-free advocate actually my customers they drove it they drove it yeah they they said what else you got you know oh my god i you mean i can eat anything here and that's how this whole bakery thing started. I mean, anybody that knows me would say, no way, she'd never own a bakery. Well, Kate and Company, let's talk about that because it, it's odd. You don't, you don't find a lot of the dishes that you have there in the gluten-free world out and about. So it, there's not a lot of places folks can go to get these except – yeah. To you. So, well... Uh, Did your grandmother influence you as well? Oh, Her God, no. Or? We didn't... No, eat, no, no. I mean, not no, the no. gluten-free thing, but the baking. Um, like, no, you, I... You don't I've, even think of her? I never even no. was a baker. Honestly, it all kind of evolved. And the customers at Sikasa were saying, oh, God, I would just kill for a dessert. You know, uh, what, what else do you have, you know, that's gluten-free? And so the first product we came out with was a Mexican chocolate brownie. And they sold like hotcakes. Mm. I mean, and then we came out with... Gluten-free hotcakes. Gluten-free hotcakes yeah. coming up soon, actually. Oh, well, <laughs> I think we're getting to that too, aren't we? Yeah. So then we did scones and people were saying, well, God, I would kill for gluten-free bread that tastes good. So I, this gal was working with me and she's still with me today. Her name's Maggie Rice and she was on the line at Sikasa and she wasn't really in her element. She is a celiac. And so we anyway started talking and brainstorming and hence we decided to go for it and we created Kate & Co., and that opened in December of 2014. So we've got two years under our belt. You know, we're doing French baguettes and we're trying to do more artisan bread and loaves of bread. So people with celiac or that just choose this lifestyle, they have great tasting food that, you know, we were, we're told all the time we have the best gluten-free bread. And I always say, I want you to say it's delicious <laughs> bread. I don't care if it's gluten-free or not. Right. So that's it's just good bread. It's just good bread. So <laughs> we're working on it. And Kate & Co. is, you know, in 215 square feet. It's a little sandwich shop. And we sell, you know, we make, hand make uh, Kennebec potato chips every morning. They're mm. flash fried in yeah. coconut oil, finished off with either sea salt or white truffle salt. I mean, we're just doing crostinis and everything. And we bake everything in-house. We don't, we don't have anybody making anything for us we it's truly a labor of love and we kind of outgrew that space real quickly and now we're moving into the front corner of oxbow uh where the produce market used to be hence they've moved into a larger space in the center and we're taking over that front corner and we'll have the front uh deck out front right, as well southeast corner yeah there. Now, is that Kate & Co.'s moving there, or is this a whole different... No, Kate & Co.'s moving there, but we're okay. turning it into a cafe. Yeah, you've, you have a whole menu of... 
Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What, and what, what's the focus going to be? We're Sikasa, obviously Mexican food. We're, what's Kate and Kogan? Yeah, Mediterranean with a splash of Asian, uh, and we'll put our innovative twist on that as well. Get a little sneak preview. You want to tell us anything you're developing? Well, I'm excited about the food. Um, Have you been talking in public about any of the food yet? A little bit. Oh, shoot. I was hoping we had the exclusive. Oh, well, not on the air. Not on the air. Okay, in not that case. Not on the air. In that case, Lauren Mole, give us one. It's a Judd's Napa Valley Show exclusive. Woo! All right. Okay. First time on the air talking about new menu items at Kate & Co. at the Oxbow. Yeah, so we do a cinnamon raisin bread, but now we're going to take that a little bit further. Like I said, we'll be offering breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we're going to have Moroccan French toast Ooh. with a Greek yogurt, a Tunisian honey, and then some slivered almonds. And so I'm assuming you- keeping the gluten-free. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But just great food. Yeah, yeah. That's our goal. We're doing something like a Greek scramble with uh, spinach and green onions and Castle Vertrano olives with fresh scrambled eggs. We get all of our eggs here locally in Napa. We're doing a great egg halloumi avocado sandwich, and you can Ooh. have it either on sourdough bread or you can put it in a pita. Yeah, really fun, fun things. And then moving into lunch, we're going to do, we'll do a lamb burger. We'll do a falafel burger all with the pita. We have some delicious salads. One of my favorite salads, simple is best. Mixed greens with a little local goat cheese and some green onions and then five or six different types of herbs tossed with a little local olive oil and a little lemon zest and sea salt. Super clean, super simple, but delicious. And then if you want to add on some salmon or some lamb, you certainly can. Wonderful. Yeah. And then hummus, plates, and all kinds of yummy things. Well, I can't wait. The sign out front says opening early 2016. <laughs> Shall I we're, ask? We're slowly <laughs> creeping into. Uh, Shall yeah. I ask? I'm hoping. We're still in early. We're still in early. I'm hoping mid-March. That's early 2000. Okay, yeah. 16. You're not, you're not fooling anybody with that sign. Okay, good. Good. That's coming up soon. Yeah. That's great. I'm excited to share with everybody what we have going on. Well, speaking for everybody, we're excited to try what you got. Thanks. <laughs> so looking forward to <laughs> Thank you. Now, you probably don't even have any free time, but what do you like to do? What are, what are some things you do for fun? Well, I love to garden. And, of course, I'm not doing any of that right now other than pruning everything back, as you know. I, I work out. That's my thing. You know, I get up in the morning. I, I love to exercise. I work out with a group of gals outside. It's super fun, and it makes you feel fit. And uh, I'm not getting any younger, Judd. I'm getting up there. Oh, come on. I got to hurry up and get this done. <laughs> come on now. Come on now. All right. Well... It's really been a pleasure having Thank you here. You. We're not letting you go yet. Normally, this is the part of the show where I would ask the eternal question, the all-important query, do you go nuts for donuts? But I had this assumption <laughs> that you just keep gluten-free. Do you do donuts at Kate & Co.? As a matter you do of fact, we donuts. do. So I didn't bring any donuts today. Oh, My I should have brought you donuts. Well, I, th- I thought... I would get a chance to actually sneak in and see if you did make donuts because oh. I've never noticed donuts there before. Um, well, they're gone. Then, they we, they go so quickly in the morning. Well, I was going to go yesterday. They would have been oh. day old because I wouldn't have been able to get there this morning. But anyway, long story short, I don't have donuts for you. <laughs> but but we are going <laughs> you to You saved me a few calories. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to. But I'm going to come by and try one of these gluten-free okay, donuts good. at Kate & Co. Good. Because I do go nuts for donuts. We are Going to do something that everybody loves. It's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This 
is Madeline. <laughs> That's right, Catherine Bergen of Casa. Okay, Kate full disclaimer. He said, "Do you know this game?" So I, I'm, I'm learning as we go here. Right. <laughs> it's really quite easy. All you have to do is fill in the blanks. Okay. All right. First thing I need from you is an adjective, a descriptor. You probably write a lot of menus, come up with descriptions for food. Give me a, give me a good. You're probably good with adjectives. Stunning. Oh, stunning. That was good. Stunning it is. How about another adjective? Refreshing? I like it. Refreshing. And another adjective. Oh, my gosh. Another adjective. Yeah. Superb. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm chronically upbeat. <laughs> Super. I like it. How about a geographic location? This could be anywhere. Oh, you know what? You know what? Before we do that, a noun. I skipped one. We need a noun. A thing. Rose petals. Rose petals. Okay. Now it's a geographic I'm wor- location. I'm worried where we're going with this, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, f- all in fun. A geographic location. How about Burma? Burma. A number. Any number? 111. All righty. 111. And finally, a state of being. Influx. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. Now, earlier, I went online, and I found an article that was written about you in the Napa Valley Register by Sasha Paulson, probably about five years ago, right about the time you were opening Sikasa. I've taken some clips from that, and what you've done is rewritten it via this <laughs> Mad Libs game. Are you ready? <clears throat> I think so. <laughs> okay, here we go. Napa is a city where Mexican food abounds. Renowned chefs have often cited taco trucks as favorite stops. Sikasa... A stunning taqueria, yeah, which opened this spring at the Oxbow Public Market, is doing something different, however, with tacos. Not your typical pollo verde or carne asada tacos. Instead, the menu offers a taco made with refreshing lamb. (laughs) I never heard of lamb as refreshing, but I like it. I'd try that. Ooh, I like this. Superb buffalo. Mm. You must have caught a glimpse of this. You knew where I was going. Or grilled rose petals. Mm. What do you think? I'm not sure about the grilling part, but I think we could do something with, with the rose, rose petals. petals. We put them on our cakes at Kate & Co., actually. Well, there you go. The woman behind this new vision of a taqueria is the C in C Casa, Catherine Bergen, a longtime resident of Burma. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your quote. I've been talking about opening a taqueria for 111 years, Bergen said. <laughs> My family would think that was true. <laughs> <laughs> I love tacos, Bergen said. I'm also interested in eating healthy. I wanted fun, fast, and in flux. I got it. And you got it. (laughs) Well, Catherine Bergen, I really want to thank you for joining us today on the show. It's been a pleasure getting to know you a little better, and I'm looking forward to my next taco. Thank you, Judd. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate you guys. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.